Perhaps one day you'll join us here in the Abundant Life Sanctuary. Our speaker today is no stranger to a number of individuals uh, here at Abundant Life. Pastor Harold Goodlow was the former pastor here, senior pastor, uh, for the period 1997 to 2002. 
He did an awesome work here. Uh, in fact, he started out next door when it was Highland Square. And so I'm told you didn't want to be a square. <laughs> you didn't want to be a square. So, so you got a new church. And along with the team and great men and women, some of you are still here, you transition to this new edifice, this new building, and your name, you transitioned, a new church, as it were, were born, and you took the name Abundant Life. Now, Pastor Harold Goodlow started, started his ministry uh, in Seattle at the Breath of Life Church. And you'll get a kick out of this as I will, and I have. He started out at Breath of Life, uh, then, uh, then uh, he came to Abundant Life, and now he has been pastoring. Uh, but before I go there, he started out at Breath of Life. This church became Abundant Life, then a new church was born out of Abundant Life and is called New Life, which is on Charleston. And now he's back at his home church where he was baptized in 1983 called New Life. So I guess he likes the new life, amen? <laughs> um, he is an Oakwood graduate. I know you'd like that, amen. We, we like that. And he is happily married. We like when the pastors are married, but we love it even more. When they are happily married, and it seems to be going well, because they have been together, and they stayed together for 28 years. This union has spawned, or they have been blessed with five kids. Five children, amen? Amen, praise God. Five children. And the preacher here has said to me that he's not going anywhere, he loves his wife, and if she should ever consider packing up and going, he's gonna pack his bags and go with her. So praise God uh, for that. Uh, we are very thrilled to have uh, Pastor Goodlow to minister to us as we celebrate Black History Month here at the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's an awesome, awesome experience. We're celebrating our past so that we know where we're going in the future. Uh, God has blessed him with a powerful ministry, and so we are so thrilled to have him to minister to us uh, today. His lovely, precious wife, her name is Deborah, and perhaps he'll tell you a little more uh, about her. Until then, we will be blessed again by Las Vegas Queen of Gospel, Y. Leaner. Then you will hear from our speaker, Pastor Harold Goodlow, hear ye him. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. 
Amen. While we're here waiting, it's a pleasure to be here today. Once again, amen. amen. <laughs> All right. Just a tiny little boy stood in tears on a busy street corner. What was he doing here? As he tried to explain, all he knew was his name. It was late. Beginning to rain. When I asked him about the place where he lived, he remembered the old church where the big cross was lit. As his eyes I can find my way home. Show me the cross and I'll find my way home. Show me the cross and I'll know. was a lonely old pathway I had followed. It was far from familiar, and I found myself lost. But I remembered the place when I first saw his face. I cried, Lord, get me cross and I'll find my way home. Show me the cross and I'll find my way home. Show me the cross and I'll know where to go. 
Let's give Las Vegas, Queen of Gospel, another hearty amen. It's truly a pleasure. She was saying, show me the cross and I'll make my way home. I'm so glad that God allowed me to make my way home one more time. I can truly say this is home. Can you say amen? Somebody say you're not in Alabama. But I'm home. Amen. I said I'm home. Home is where your heart is. And there's a spot in my heart for abundant life that no one could ever take its place. So I say, God, I thank you for allowing me to come home one more time. This morning, First, I want to thank your pastor, my friend, my colleague in the ministry, Pastor Russell Lawars, for inviting me to come home. I have learned, began to love my brother. I haven't known him very long, but in a short period of time that I have known him, we have connected in a very special way. I met him a few years ago at uh, Oshkosh. You remember that? And he gave me his phone number and I put it in my cell phone and uh, I couldn't remember, when I got home, I couldn't remember his name. So I just put in that Las Vegas pastor. <laughs> and yesterday I was trying to call him and I couldn't remember how I had saved his name. And I couldn't get in touch with him, but I thank God for him. I thank God for Pastor Holiday. We have uh, began to develop a relationship. My associate pastor in Huntsville, Alabama, Elder Maycock, Pastor Holiday said pretty much raised him when he was a young man coming up in life. So I thank God for that connection. And I just want to say, in a very special way, and I'm not going to call names because I see many faces. And if I start calling names, I would be up here all day. And I know y'all ready to go to enjoy some of that physical food that's been prepared for you. Uh, but we want to feed you spiritually first so you'll be ready for the physical food. And I'm excited about it too. Amen. Pastor Lawrence was sharing with us last night. We're going to have some soul food. Collard greens. Cornbread. Potato salad. Black eyed peas. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I don't know what's in the middle. <laughs> I don't know, but I'd like to see some of it <laughs> after I get through. But, but, but I, I do want to say about abundant life, abundant life for me. Has been one of the most loving, supported, 
Karen Church that I've had the opportunity to pastor in my 23 years. I've been away 10 years. But I still have friends here from 10 years ago. And I thank God for you and my experience that I shared with you the time that I was here. My wife, who's not here, and my daughter, Erica, sends that love to you. There are five things, as I was reflecting, that will never be erased from my memory bank that I experienced here at Abundant Life. Number one, when my grandmother died, this church was so loving that they gave us the airfare to go back home to funeralize my grandmother. Number two, I celebrated my 50th birthday here. And I had the best party that I've ever had before. <laughs> Number three, my farewell celebration, which was a bitter but sweet experience. Bitter because I was torn between accepting the call of God and going where he had asked me to go. But it was sweet because you showed me so much love in my farewell. Number four was a real truth seminar where we baptized 135 plus members and started a brand new church, New Life. And number five, last but not least, the completion of this beautiful sanctuary where we're now worshiping our Lord and Savior in spirit and in truth. Amen. Thank you, Abundant Life. Now I want to do what I've been assigned to do and that's to enter into a celebration of African-American history. And some people said, they asked me, when are you guys gonna stop celebrating African-American American history? And my answer to them is when they rewrite the history books. where they left out our people. So when they rewrite the history books and include our heritage that goes beyond the slavery period, because sometimes when we think about African-American history, we start with the slavery period. But 
our history go beyond slavery. It goes beyond Noah and his three sons. As a matter of fact, it goes all the way back to the beginning of civilization in the Garden of Eden, which was in Africa. So when they rewrite the history books to include us, and, and, and the other thing, I'm not gonna stop celebrating African-American history until our children, our children start learning about W.E. Du Bois. Until they understand and understand and know something about Thurgood Marshall. Until they know about Nelson Mandela, Malcolm X. When they know something about the Buffalo Soldiers, who put their lives on the, on the line protecting the men in the armed service. Until they know something about Solomon and Queen of Sheba. That's when I'm gonna stop. My sermon title is entitled Preparation for the Fire. Preparation for the Fire. And you know, I could have entitled this Preparation for Revelation. Because if you're not prepared to go into the book of Revelation, you won't understand. So I'm speaking from the book of Daniel today because Daniel and Revelation are the twin books of prophecy. And they have to be studied side by side. So preparation for Revelation, you gotta start and you gotta work with Daniel and work with the Revelation. Can you say amen? amen. So let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Father, our God, our Lord, and our Savior. We're so grateful, we're so thankful for this day Amen. that you've given us. We thank you for the celebration of African-American history here at Abundant Life. Not just this day, but throughout this month. And Lord, may we, as we celebrate it, but may we lift you up, because you are truly the one we came to celebrate because of your love for all people in the world. You love everyone because we are your children. And we thank you for your love. We thank you. Now, Lord, we ask for Jesus Christ to be lifted up in this message. So allow me to decrease so you can increase. Allow me to be humble so you can be exalted. Allow me to hide myself behind your robe of righteousness so they can see Jesus and not me. Bless now your people as we open your word. Speak to us and we will be all that you want us to be. For we ask it in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to know as I get into the word that I'm just a country preacher from a small town in Alabama. 
and I don't know about the city preachers, but the country preachers are used to call and respond. What I mean is when the word go out, country preachers like to hear a response as a result of hearing the word. So, so every now and then when, when something is said and points are made, I need you to respond by saying amen, amen. or praise the Lord, or I got it, preacher. Are you with me? Amen. Let's try now. Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, got it, I got it, preacher. Praise God. Amen. I think you got it. And, and, and so today, uh, I'm thinking about the motto, and I like that motto, Pastor, that you got. In Christ we dwell. In Christ we dwell in 2012. Thank you, Elder Perkins, for letting the Lord lead you. But I want to talk today, I want to talk, as we talk about preparation for the fire. And see, the fire, you know, in, in the book of Genesis, uh, uh, the world was destroyed by what? Fire. By what? Fire. Water. But in Revelation, the world's going to be destroyed by what? Fire. fire. So, so in order for us to understand and be able to prepare for the fire, I mean, prepare for the fire, we got to understand where we came from and where we're going. going. Can you say amen? Yeah. And, and so what I, what, the point I want to make, and a lot of y'all might not agree with me, but I believe the reason a lot of people are not prepared for the fire is that we have too many members in the church. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. I didn't get no amen by that. Yeah. I said we have too many members in the church. We need to get rid of some of the members in the church. So how do you get rid of, of members in the church? In order to get rid of members in the church, you got to transform the members into disciples. Amen? See, Jesus never said, go out and, and baptize members. He said, go out and baptize what? Disciples. Amen? Matthew 28, 18. Go out and baptize disciples. See, a disciple is one who come to know Jesus Christ and follow Jesus Christ and learn from Jesus Christ and, and obey Jesus Christ. And, and, and then once they learn, disciples go out with what they learn and teach others what they have learned from Jesus Christ so others can be called to follow Jesus Christ, so others can come and follow Jesus Christ and learn from Christ and then go out and find somebody else to bring in so they can be taught what you know and then you get them taught and then they go out and bring somebody else in and they go out and bring somebody else in so the discipleship keep on going and keep on going and keep on going and the house of God keep on being filled and keep on being filled and we continue to populate the kingdom and depopulate the devil's kingdom. Can you say amen? That's what we came for. That's what we're supposed to be doing. The devil's supposed to be upset with you. The devil's supposed to be angry with you. He's supposed to be attacking you, amen? If you're doing the work of Christ, the devil will never be satisfied. And he won't be at peace with you. I said we need to get rid of some of the members. And we need some disciples. See, see members desire to be served. But disciples have a passion to serve. See, see members are spectators. But disciples are participators. See, see, members uh, see what happens, and, but, but disciples make things happen. 
See, members control that want to control the Holy Spirit, but disciples want to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Members pay dues, but disciples return tithe and offering. Members want privileges and rights, but disciples want to be responsible and accountable. Members walk by sight, but disciples want to be walked by faith. Members uh, 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 want privileges. Start, members start fires, but disciples go around and put out fires. Can you say amen? Members want to sit in their seat, but disciples want to get up on their feet. Members seek the hand of God, but disciples seek the heart of God. Members spread gossip, but disciples spread the gospel. Uh, members tear down, but disciples build up. Members are led by the flesh, but disciples are led by the spirit. I said we need to get rid of some of these members in the house. Can you say amen? I said we need to get rid of some of the members because they're not prepared for the fire, amen? So you got to be prepared for the fire because the fire is coming, amen? And if you can't uh, uh, take the fire, you need, somebody said you need to get out the kitchen. See, members want to be entertained, but disciples come to worship God in spirit and in truth. Members say, what can the church do for me? But disciples said, what can I do for the church? Members are proud and, and got pride, but disciples are humble and teachable. Members focus on the external, but disciples focus on internal. Members desire possession, but disciples want to be possessed. Members exalt self, but disciples exalt Jesus Christ. Members want a savior, but disciples want a Lord and savior. <laughs> Members get all they can and can all they get and sit on the can. But disciples get all they can, can all they get, and get up off the can and share what they got. Can you say amen? So, 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 so we need to get rid of some of the members in the church, amen, and start making some disciples so we'll be prepared when the fire comes. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. So how do you get rid of members and get some disciples in the church? Take your Bibles and turn to Daniel chapter 1. Because we, we don't need to just hear the problem. We need to know the solution to the problem, amen? And you know, the solution is always in the word of God, amen? And you know, I, I got to say, if it's in the word... It ought to be heard, amen? If it ain't in the word, you need to leave it alone. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. If you have it, say amen. amen. And I know you've heard and read this story many times. But we want to just look at a few things that members need to know, disciples need to know. Can you say amen? amen. If you want to be a disciple of the Lord. Daniel chapter 1, and we want to look at verse 3. It says, And the king spake unto Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the what? Children of Israel, and of the king's what? Seed and other princes. And verse 4 says, Children in what? Whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding size, signs, and such as had the ability to, in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and tongue of the Chaldeans. So, so what you need to understand is that 
uh, the devil recognized your gifts. What did I say? The devil recognized your gifts. And, and see, see, the devil is looking for people who, who look good on the outside. Amen. You know how the world is. Even with politicians, they look at, as we look at this presidential uh, race, they're looking for a candidate that's, po that's polished. They're looking for somebody who, who looks presidential. So, so people oftentimes look on the outside. You know, even we look on the outside, amen? Uh, some of the sisters say, I want a man six feet tall, dark, and handsome. Because they're looking on the outside. Some of us look at the kind of car a person drives. And, and if they're driving a Mercedes, a BMW, a black man working, or if they're driving a, 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 a nice Lexus or something, they, they look on the outside. And they judge people by what's on the outside. But see, the devil don't just look on the outside. The devil look on the outside and the inside. Can you say amen? So, so the king said, I want some good-looking brothers to, to work in my kingdom. But not only he want them good-looking, he want them to have something on the inside as well as on the outside. Amen? And I want to say to the sisters and brothers, you need to make sure somebody, if they're good-looking on the outside, you need to make sure they're good-looking on the inside. Amen? Because see, that beauty that they got won't last very long. So, so don't just focus on the beauty. You got to have something on the inside. Amen? Because you don't want to be messed up with a dumb blonde. Amen? Uh, uh, maybe I said a dumb brunette. Amen. You know, so, 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 so you need to make sure they got someone inside as well as on the outside. You know, I tell when I'm counseling people in premarital counseling, I tell the brothers, that, you know, you know don't, don't just get a woman that look good on the outside. But, but don't get a woman just look good on the inside either. Amen. You want them, you want them to have a little bit of both. Amen. Because they ain't attracted on the outside. I don't care how good they are on the inside. It still ain't gonna work, amen. amen. You might be like that brother, you know, they tell preachers, they tell preachers, they tell preachers, you know, when they when they get ready to go into ministry, make sure you get a woman who's talented and gifted, maybe can play the piano, maybe, maybe can sing like the Las Vegas gospel or soul, amen. And, and one of these brothers in school, and he said, I gotta find my wife that can sing, amen. And so he found a sister who could really blow. I mean, she could go, she could throw down. And he said, I'm gonna marry that one. But the problem was she could sing, but on the outside, it wasn't so tough. And so, so they, they said, now they told the story that, that one night after the wedding and after the honeymoon was over, they was in the bed sleeping and, 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 the, and the pastor wanted to get a little intimate. Can you say amen? But he looked over the sister and he said, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> And he tried, and he said, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> and, and, and he just kept, you know, I guess he probably started praying, and, 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 and nothing was happening, and nobody was answering the prayer, and he said, mm-mm, mm-mm. So after a while, what he said, he said, he told his wife, get up and sing. <laughs> so, so my brothers and sisters, don't, don't just get somebody on the outside, amen. Make sure she got something on the inside as well as outside. Can you say amen? amen? Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Amen.
So, so you need to understand, young brothers and sisters, that devil is looking for you because he recognized your gifts and talents. And what the devil wants to do is take you and use you in his kingdom, amen? He wants to take you out of the kingdom of God and use you for his purpose to glorify him and to build up his kingdom. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So you, first thing you got to do, you got to recognize that the devil recognized your gifts. And he want to use your gifts and talents to benefit his kingdom. Then, then, then if you go to Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, verse 5. Daniel 1, verse 5. It said, and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. So nursing them for how many years? Three, Three years. That at the end thereof, they might what? Stand before the king. So, so the next thing I want to point out is that if you're going to be a disciple for Jesus Christ, you need to stop eating at the devil's table. You see, the devil had this table laid out. The king had this table laid out for the, Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. It was laid out. I'm sure the spread was nice. He had some fried pork chops. He had some ham hocks. He had some shrimp cocktail, shrimp cocktail. He had some lobster tails. He had some uh, 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 caviar. And he had some snails. All that stuff on his table. And, and he had some, uh, the best wine, amen, that you can bring out. He probably maybe had some Morgan, da Morgan David. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, amen. Some of y'all know what the Mad Dog 2020 is, amen. See, if you talk about that, you're aging yourself. But I used to hit the Mad Dog 2020, amen. That's why I lost my mind. And you need to understand, you need to understand that the king's table was laid out. I mean, the king laid his spread out. You know how y'all do when you invite somebody over to Sabbath dinner. You do your best cooking on Sabbath. And you lay it out, and I, I, I'm talking about you have it shown up tasting good. It's, it's like what they say, you put your foot in that, amen? You made it shown up, shown up ready, amen? But that's what the king did. He laid it out and said, look, Daniel and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, look what you can have if you just come on over on my side and do it my way. See, the devil always wants you to do it his way, amen? See, that's what they're talking about. When the devil tempts you, what he's tempting you to do is not to do it God's way, but take a shortcut and do it his way. Can you say amen? So we got to learn how to stop eating at the devil's table. You see, see if you, somebody said, if you feed a child long enough, he began to what? Look like you, amen? So if the devil can feed you long enough, you begin to look like the devil. If you keep eating that fat, fat fast fried food, uh, 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 then you're going to start looking like, you know what I'm talking about, fat and fried. And you ain't going to be too fast. Amen? Amen. So, so we need to understand that the devil tempts us in the area of appetite. Remember in the Garden of Eden? He tempted Adam and Eve at the tree that was on appetite. Eve couldn't control her appetite. Her appetite got too, too, too big for her, and she desired what the devil put before her. See, the devil tempted you in the area of appetite. Remember Jesus Christ in the garden, in the wilderness? The devil came and said, turn this bread, this stone into whole wheat bread. It wasn't that Jesus couldn't do it, amen. He had the ability to do it, but Jesus knew if he'd yield to the devil at the point of appetite, he would have to fall down and worship the devil, amen. Uh, remember uh, Esau and Jacob? 
And, and, and Esau came to Jacob, and, and Jacob, I mean, Jacob came to Esau and said, sell me your birthright. And, and, and Esau was hungry, and he sold his birthright for a pot of beans. Amen? So, so you got to watch it. You got to be able to guard that appetite because the appetite in the last days is going to be the point of attack for the devil. Amen? See, in the last days in Revelation 13, it talks about a time when you can't buy or sell. You know what I'm talking about? You need to read Revelation. And those who are going to Revelation today, you might not have gotten it yet, but you're going to get to it, amen, if you're hanging there and stay with Revelation, amen, because Revelation will reveal what's happening right now. Not what's going to happen in the future, but what's happening right now. You're living in the book of Revelation right now. But in Revelation, it says you can't buy or sell. Now, guess what? When you can't buy or sell, guess what you're going to happen? You're going to be hungry. And you'll be tempted to go back to work when they say you can't work unless you have the mark of the beast. So when they tell you you can't work unless you have the mark of the beast in your head or in your hand, you, the devil going to tempt you because some of y'all going to have children. I'm thankful all my children are grown and gone. Amen. Uh, 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 but, but the devil going to tempt you because you need to feed your uh, uh, baby, you know, the baby children. Amen. You need to feed baby. And Johnny boy, you need to feed them, amen? And so you're going to be tempted to go to work and, and compromise your principle and violate the Sabbath day that God told you don't work because the Sabbath is holy, amen? And so at the end time, the devil is going to tempt you in that area. So you got to learn how to control your appetite and eat the way God wants you to eat so when the time comes, you'll be able to eat the stuff that God provides for us. See, God's not going to provide no medium-rare steaks in the last days, amen? Remember Elijah when he told him to go out by the brook? What did he bring Elijah? Some, some vegetables, some whole grain biscuits. That's what he brought Elijah, amen? So you got to learn how to go back to eating and start eating the way God wants you to eat, amen? I know some of us don't like it, amen? But that's okay, you got to preach it anyhow. You might not like it, but one day you're going to understand why God told us to live the way he wants us to live. Because if you don't live the lifestyle that God wants you to live, you're going to be cumbered with sickness, pain, and all kind of heartaches and heartbreaks and aches and pains. Arthritis. You know arthritis, don't you? That's what we call arthritis. Amen? So you're going to be hooked up with all that. You know, some young people say, I ain't got none of that. Wait till you get my age. I turned 60 last year, December 4th, and I had a little taste of that, so I know what I'm talking about it from experience. Can you say amen? amen. Now, so, so you need to stop eating at the devil's table. And then if we go to Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but Daniel did what? Purpose. Did what? Purpose. Purpose in his what? heart, that he would what, not what, defile himself with what, the portion of the king's, amen, nor with the what, wine, which he drank. Now y'all don't, I don't need to explain that, amen. In other words, the wine that, that the king had was fermented wine. The wine that Jesus drank and turned the water into wine was unfermented wine or grape juice. Can you say amen? 
It was not the ferment, because some of y'all have, have sold out to, well, well, Jesus drank wine. As a matter of fact, he turned the water into uh, some Morgan David. But no, no, Jesus didn't turn the water into fermented wine. He turned the water into unfermented wine. And that's why when he took it to the servants and they gave it to the king, the, 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 the guest, uh, the, the, the one who was putting on the, on, the, on the wedding celebration, he said, what? Man, you have saved the best to last. Amen? You know, when we used to go to parties. See, so y'all got quiet. <laughs> see, some of y'all acting like you've been in church all your life. I know y'all know what I'm talking about when I talk about Sam Cooke and the Temptations. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. When we used to go to them parties, house parties, amen, go down to Midnight Blues Club, amen, amen. So, so, so when we used to go to the parties, they used to serve the best stuff in the beginning. Johnny Walker Red, amen, the Black Jan Daniels, Jack Daniels. I oh, see somebody correct me. They know what I'm talking about. Amen. <laughs> I was just trying to see if you knew. Amen. I see you were there too. Amen. You might have been at the same part I was at. I don't know. You know. And, and, and so they bring out the best stuff, the best scotch, the best vodka. And then at the end, when you, you, when you got all tips and turvy, and you almost lost your mind, then they bring out the rot gun. Oh, yeah. They bring out that old nasty taste and risk. But see, you done got so high and so drunk, you sloppy dog drunk, you can't even taste that it's rot gut. You don't know the difference. But see, Jesus is just the object. He let him drink the rot gut first. See, see, Jesus let you experience some hard knocks in the world before he bring you the good stuff. Amen? Because if he brought you the good stuff first, you wouldn't appreciate the good stuff. But when he let you get to go through the bad stuff, then when the good stuff comes, you appreciate it more. Can you say amen? amen. So, so here we see that, that Daniel purpose in his heart. In other words, Daniel didn't just have a heart religion, a head religion. He had also a heart religion. See, there are some people in the church who got head knowledge, but no heart faith. They got head knowledge. We know all the 27 doctrines. We can recite the 2300 days. We can explain it from the front to the back. We can do all those things. We can recite the fourth commandment, the book of Revelation. We can recite it from the front to the back. We got head knowledge, but no heart experience. See, Jesus wants you to know it in your head, but live it out your heart. Can you say amen? See, that's why Daniel could resist the temptation because Daniel uh, uh, decided before the temptation came that he was going to be ready and he knew what he was going to do before temptation came. See, some people wait till the temptation come and then they, they, they uh, hem haw and say, well, should I do it or should I not do it? Should I go or should I not go? Should I let him do this or should I not let him do that? Should I let her drop it like it's hot? Or should I not let it drop it like hot in front of me? See, sometimes you got you to gotta know what you're going to do before the temptation comes. You can't wait till the temptation comes knocking at your door before you know how you're going to answer. And some of us answer like this. Temptation comes knocking at the door. Oh, baby, I can't do that. You can't, <laughs> you can't come in. And all the time you're saying in your heart, come on in. <laughs> you know, you got to quit giving them little wimpy, pimpy a nose. You got to be firm. Said, no, I don't go that way. Get out of my house. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't be saying, ooh, 
let me think about it. <laughs> Call me later. Wait till the sun go down so I can let my hair hang out. You know, so you got to be prepared before the temptation come. Amen? I remember when I was in college at Morehouse College. I was young, dumb, and stupid. Amen? Any of y'all been there? You know, I, I, I can fess up now because I'm that, not there. Lord's brought me out of that. So I don't have anything to hide, amen? See, when you, when you bring the skeletons out, see, nobody can go in your closet and find skeletons. See, some of y'all still got some skeletons in your closet. But when you reveal, when you confess your skeletons, then everything's out. So whatever people bring out, it's already out. And you don't have to worry about it. Because God has delivered you from that, amen? You can quit hiding it. You can quit being closet. Well, well, I don't want to say closet Christian. Because some of us need to be closet Christians. Jesus said, go to your closet, amen, and pray in private, amen. So some of us need to go back into the closet so we can come out the closet, amen, amen. All right, so, so, so what I'm saying is that Daniel, he had head religion and heart religion. In other words, Daniel possessed what he professed. In other words, Daniel said what he said, and he did what he said he was going to do. Can you say man? I wish we had more disciples in the church who say what they're going to do and then do what they say they're going to do. There are too many people in the church who say, I'm going to do this, and as soon as you go out the door, you stop, don't do what you say you're going to do. And, and the pastor or the, the leader of the choir or the leader of the, the department, they're looking for you because you said, hey, I'm going to be there. You know, I'm going to be at that meeting, I'm going to be at choir rehearsal, I'm going to be at the board meeting, I'm going to be at the business meeting. But, but, but when the time for the business, a board meeting, a choir rehearsal come in, you don't show up. So you don't do what you say you're going to do. Amen? That's what we call what? A hypocrite. A perpetrator. Amen? That's what we call members. Because <laughs> disciples show up. Amen? I, I remember when I was in college, y'all thought I wasn't going to get back to my story. Amen? Uh, <laughs> see, I, I ain't got that yet. I, have, I don't have all times, I have sometimes. Sometimes I forget, not all the time I forget, amen? But today I got a little sometimes, amen? But let me tell you about the story. The story goes like, well, this ain't no story, this is a real life experience. What am I talking about the story? I, uh, I was in college, I was a freshman. I told you I was young, dumb, and stupid. I was at Morehouse College, one of the top colleges in the world, and had an opportunity to be with some of the great men that, 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 that became leaders of the world. Andrew Young had just graduated not too long before I started Morehouse. You know, we had Benjamin Mays at our college when I was there. We had some great scholars that I had an opportunity to learn some great things from. I had the opportunity to develop myself. And that's why I say, young people, don't just see your way through school, getting C's and D's and F, amen? You're not dumb. So quit getting D's. And parents, you ought not to allow your child to come on with a D and an F on their report card, amen? I know when I was in college, when I was at Oakwood College, uh, 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 a lot of the ministers and some of the students, but a lot of the preachers, you know, say, I, I, I say, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm just trying to see my way through. So you don't need to see, see your way through. You need to A, B your way through, amen? You got enough knowledge, you got enough skill, you got enough wherewithal that you can get A's and B's. Can you say amen? But you got to set your goals high. Don't be setting your, way, your goal at a C. 
Because if you set your goal to C and you fall below a C, you're going to get a DLF. Set your goal as an A+. Plus. Can you say amen? And if you fall a little short, you're still going to get an A or B. Amen? A and B your way through school. Don't C and D your way through school. So, so, so when I was in college, see, I, I, I wanted to see my way through Morehouse. And as I was going to college, my brother, sometimes you have to watch your own folks. <laughs> sometimes you can't trust the people you even hang out with. Your associates, you think they're your friends. See, everybody you associate with is not your friend. And, and so my brother, my oldest brother who called me to come to Morehouse said, look, man, you, you, you know, I was working at Chrysler, and I was on a similar line. I was doing every, the same thing every minute, and it was one of the most boring jobs I ever had. And I said, I wasn't cut out for that. That's not my line of work. Now, some people are, and that's okay. But my, my makeup, my personality, my temperament was totally different, and I couldn't deal with that. So I said, well, look. I need something different. So my brother called me and said, look, man, why don't you come down and get in school? I'll help you get in school at Morehouse. So when I got down there, he, he, he had me set up. He got me an apartment and everything. Then he said, look, man, this is what I want you to do so you don't have to worry about you know, calling home to get money from mom and dad. He said, look, I got this bag. So he pulled out a little bag of, of marijuana, you know, Mary Jane. And he said, look, all you got to do, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to just sell this. And you take that money, you, you take care of your needs, you take care of your rent, take care of your car payment, and all that. But one thing he did say, he said, look, stay on the campus. Don't sell it off campus. But just sell it on Morehouse, Spelman, Clark, Marsbound Schools, Atlanta University. Just stay on campus. You'll be safe on campus. And so, so I started selling. And I was doing pretty good. I had my little white TR4 with the convertible top. I had my own apartment. I was a little popular on campus. And, and, and you, know, uh, you know, when you got your own car, the guys want to hang out with you and the girls want to hang out with you too, amen? Because a lot of people who are freshmen don't have their own car, their own apartment, stuff like this. So we were doing our thing. But I used to, when I was going to school, I lived close to the school. So I used to walk to school by a laundromat. And every day I would see this guy out here with a three-piece suit on. You know, this was back in the early 70s. I just wondered, what a guy with a three-piece suit doing in front of laundry? And so I kept walking back every day. I saw this guy with a three-piece suit just standing outside. And I kept trying to figure out. One day I was going by there, and he said, hey, brother, come here a minute. I said, yeah, what's happening? So he called me over, and I got talking to him. He said, I've watched you, I've observed you, and you're making a little money. Do you want to make some real money? I said, what you talking about, brother? He said, I want to know if you want to make some real money. I said, let me see what you're talking about. He pulled out this bag that had a whole lot of white stuff in it, white powder. And he said, look, if you just take this, I'm going to supply all you need, and all you got to do is sell it and split the money with me 50-50. You don't have to put up no money. So naturally, it was tempting to me. Because see, I, I wasn't prepared, and I hadn't decided what I was going to do before temptation came, amen? And said, well, you don't know what you're going to do before temptation comes. You're going to fall for anything. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And so I, I, I got into it, and I started doing pretty good. And one thing this guy told me, he said, look, two things I want you to do. I want you to sell it, and I want you to bring my money back. And the next thing I, I, I want you to let me know, I want you to make sure you don't start using the stuff yourself. He's because if you start using it, you're going to become your best customer. So I was doing okay for about three months. And after three months, uh, one day it was raining, one night it was raining. You know what they say, a raining night in Georgia? 
It was raining cats and dogs. I'm talking about it was pouring down. We couldn't get out on the streets. So me and one of my partners, and one of my partners had another bag, and I had one bag. And we started mixing it up, and we sit down in the apartment, and we blew the whole thing. And I ain't had no money. And here there was this guy I knew was connected somewhere. Because he told me, whenever you get in jail, don't call me. I got a lawyer. You call the lawyer, and he'll take care of it. But never call me. So I said, well, this brother, if he got this kind of connection, he's going to be looking for me. So I had to get out of Dodge. I had to go back home, amen? But what, what I'm trying to say, it, it, and I ended up dropping out of school because I wasn't prepared for temptation. I dropped out of school for 15 years and got caught up in that vicious cycle of hustling bust in this world because I wasn't prepared when temptation came knocking at my door. I'm trying to tell you, young people, I'm trying to tell some of you older people, you got to be prepared when temptation comes because not just the young people are being tempted, we are being tempted too, amen? Some of us have been tempted to step out on our marriage. Some of us have been tempted to look at pornography on the computer. Some of us have been tempted to go out and buy something we can't pay for. Some of us have been tempted to get a big house that we can't afford. Amen? I never remember uh, Sister White when we came to Las Vegas. Uh, she was a realtor at that time. And she said she took 